0: all right let's talk let's talk acc hoops it is the heat check college basketball preseason preview pods i know that the season began we're doing this podcast wednesday night happy thanksgiving to you and yours it'll come it will come out early thursday morning You can listen to it at any time. I don't think that a lot of the um, opening day of college basketball is going to sway us a ton. Maybe we'll, I'll step off of my Boston college as the 15th best team in the ACC take after seeing them fight a little bit against Villanova, but I I don't know if we're going to have to go too far in that case. So Griffin Payton along for this episode again Do we need to – I know we're going to because we have to get to six teams if they would, they could, they should. But do we really need to talk about more than five teams in this conference?
1: Yes, absolutely. We'll get to it. I'm not going to spoil it. But Trevor Lawrence isn't the only thing happening in South Carolina. I will say that. You said I'm not going to spoil it and you just – I just did. I don't care. Let's move on. Either – yeah.
2: Personally, (laughs) personally – I don't feel the same way, but guess what? It's college basketball. This is anarchy. Anything can happen. Everyone – well, not everyone. I was going to say everyone's zero and zero, but there's a handful of teams that are 1-0 and or 0-1 today. doesn't matter. It's a long season, hopefully, uh, and we'll see where we're at. But you just never know. Teams can come out of the blue. There's a lot of talent across college hoops this year. It's kind of nuts, to be honest, so – uh i mean not maybe the acc doesn't look as good as it has in years past but i i'm still gonna watch it I, i'm not gonna not watch it you know <laughs> like, i'm gonna watch them, i'm gonna watch them so we'll see i hope i hope it's a lot better than we think but but based off what based off predictions no there's about five teams that are worth talking about and even yeah. those five teams aren't even up to caliber that even aren't, aren't even up to the caliber that they have been in the past few years so yeah. let, let's let's just get into it let's start let's start going
0: all right. So those five teams in particular, here's here's the listing and the ordering of how I've got them ranked. I want to see how it compares to you two in particular. Um, I've got Virginia as the conference favorite. I've got Duke second, North Carolina third, Florida State fourth, and Louisville fifth. Those are the five teams I think are going to make the NCAA tournament. Um, I think Miami and Syracuse could sniff it, but what do you guys object to as far as my initial rankings and and where you see
2: the conference kind of going in this, in what direction? Um, So, I mean, I think Virginia is definitely the clear cut number one here. Uh, I will talk about them in a bit and could, what should, I was lucky enough to nab them. Uh, I think honestly Duke top 10 team, but I think a lot of people are predicting a down year from Duke. I don't see it. I think, you know, this team is got, is, is young. Again, of course Duke is kind of like Kentucky in that way, but, little bit different in the fact that they're not a complete uh, nba factory as like kentucky is shout out to De'Aaron fox and bam autobio teammates that both got max contract extensions within the last week those dudes balled out duke still produces a high amount of nba players but it's not like calipari's nba factory over there but i think they're gonna be a good year i think payton payton's got a guy i'm pretty sure he's gonna talk about i think he's gonna step up from last year um and honestly, I think Louisville is a team there. I've got them fifth as well. So I've got Virginia, Duke, Florida State's third for me. Uh, I just let. I mean, UNC last year was just so bad, which was weird. And I don't know what to expect from this year. They lose Cole Anthony. We'll see what's going to come out of them this season. I trust Roy Williams. I trust that coaching staff. But I, I don't think they're anything that special this year again. They should make the tournament. Maybe like I, I don't know like <laughs> they should but I, I after last year I'm not sure I think Florida State's easily a lock in for the tournament where they will be seating wise no idea but they should be a pretty decent team Leonard Hamilton's been one of the best coaches in college basketball over the last couple of years trust what he's got going on over there and I'll talk about them and could which should also they've got a couple guys that I really like um, but other than that I think Miami is a team that sniffs it like you said. Clemson, Peyton's got me sold on Clemson. I, 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 if he didn't spoil it earlier for you, he—I just did right there. He's been chatting up in our GM about how much he loves these Tigers, Go Tigers. and, and he's—he's he's put it in my head that they potentially have a chance to make it into the top five of this field somehow, some way. So, um, we'll see. We'll see what they can do. But yeah, it's—it's it's a weaker conference. Uh, but a bunch of teams lost some key guys all across the board, except for Virginia and Duke, is what it feels like. Virginia gets. You know, a, one of the Hauser twins. That's just that they needed a guy that can score, and they got one. And that's that seems like the only team that's really upgraded from last year. So, yeah, interesting year for the ACC. But I think your ratings are, your, I think your rankings are pretty spot on. I just think I'd put Florida State a little bit higher.
1: But other than that, I think it's about spot on. I actually have Duke first, which is going to be controversial, um, and that's fair. We do this with Virginia every year. I think this team is going to slide back a little bit defensively. I just don't see the guard scoring. I don't see how a team that's got KA Clark as their true and true point guard in the way that basketball has progressed over the last couple of years, over the last decade, into this guard-oriented thing. I just don't know if they can do it. Now, they get more three-point shooting out of their bigs than most other schools, which can compensate a little. I just know that we've seen this before. Virginia, what it took to beat all the – all the doldrums of their past was a special scoring two guard who could really put it up a guy in Ty Jerome who could pass and shoot and a special, special two-way player in Hunter. And I just don't know if this Virginia team has anything even close to that right now. I mean, they're just, Gabe, we'll do it your way. We talk about, making a champion and having a first round pick. There's nobody on this team that's coming close to the first round right now. I don't think so. I just, I think Duke is more talented. I won't go. I think Tony Bennett is at this point, probably a better coach than coach K but I do believe that K still has it. I do believe that this team is more talented and I really love the, amalgamation of talents coming in with guys like Jalen Johnson, who I'll talk about later and the veteran guys coming back that are going to be stepping into bigger roles that I think they can. Um, I just really like Duke. I think Duke's a top five team. Um, we'll see if it bears out or not. Their game today was postponed. So we'll have to wait to see them. But I do think Duke is the best team in the ACC, not Virginia.
0: I think, okay, so here's my, my take. Um, Virginia at one, for me, is more of projecting who's going to win the conference. And I believe that Virginia places a greater emphasis and a greater team-oriented goal um, of winning the conference than Duke does. Um, it, that's just something that over the years, over the last probably four or five years, it seems as if Virginia makes it more of an effort to actually win the regular season conference title and Duke fans will claim that there is no conference title, but, um, or no regular season conference titles, but there is. And Virginia is going to, in my opinion, win that conference title because their recipe works for regular season wins. Um, I do agree. I completely agree that I don't see a first round pick. Um, I think Trey Murphy who had, who was six of eight from threes after getting his waiver today um shoot or shoot he's big for them is he's big for them but at the same time you're, you're completely correct in pointing out that their deficiency is that they probably do not have a first round pick barring jay huff or or sam that ain't happening. or or sam hauser just like skyrocketing their nba stock which is not something that we're anticipating so with with that being said Duke is going to be a team that I would project and probably North Carolina too, because one of their young guys is probably going to go in the first round. I would lean toward Caleb Love. Um, Those two teams are probably going to hang around and even Florida state with Scotty Barnes, those three teams could statistically and categorically hang around longer in the making a champion debate um, as we get into that. But I want to see things develop and I want to see Virginia because They had 89 points today. I know that it's just a a really crappy Towson team. So we're not going to put a ton of stock into that. And I don't want to put a crazy amount of stock into day one of the college hoop season, but they have a recipe that works. And we can, we can talk about how even the year that they won the national championship the year after they had lost to a 16 seed, they struggled in the tournament with a couple of their matchups and it wasn't exactly the easiest thing to do. So And that was with a ton of talent. So I think that this Virginia team could mirror more of a Justin Anderson type type team um, where they have some really good college guys who don't necessarily have elite NBA talent. They have maybe stick onto a a bench talent and a second round guy or or a show up at summer league guy. But I still have them winning the regular season crown and
2: potentially I I think Duke will show up and, and be the better team come March. Gabe, I love the point you said about not taking too much stock into Virginia's performance today against a bad Towson team. So I need to get my John Rothstein uh, mentioned in here at some point because this di- relates directly to a tweet that he let out today. Hoop junk, this quote-unquote, by the way, right from his account that he hopefully will tweet at me one day. Hoop junkies, do not overreact to what happens statistically and guarantee games. Real litmus tests come when the weight classes are comparable. Weight class was not comparable today for the Cavaliers. They dominated. They looked really good. Can't wait to see what they're going to do against actual competition. I'll talk about that in a little bit.
1: Yeah, tune-up fight. I mean, I don't – Virginia is not going to score 80 points a game. I don't think we can really take much of anything from this. I said this before off record. I'm going to say it on record now. I think Marcel is going to have to elevate and be that guy for them in the backcourt scoring and defending – for them to really reach their true potential. I just think that this is another case of kind of like Iowa where we're not actually really taking a hard look at it. We know that they've got good stuff coming back and we know there's a lot of uncertainty this year. So we're just going to ride with it. And that might be a fair outlook. You see teams like Kentucky, like these teams that are really, really dependent on getting the freshmen come out here and not look so good. I mean, it's not just Kentucky today in their game where they did struggle a little bit to score the ball efficiently, if your name is not Terrence Clark, who, by the way, was spectacular. But it's, I watched them during their Midnight Madness, Big Blue Madness, and they struggled to shoot the basketball, which is a problem with a lot of teams that have freshmen. So maybe there's something to that. I just think that when you look at Duke's roster, you look at Virginia's, it's not close. Duke is significantly better. The only thing that's going to hold them back from being better than Virginia is them and whether or not that they can muster a cohesive style of play quickly in an adverse environment, which, by the way, I trust Coach K to get done. So, yeah, I think Duke. I think Duke going away. Um, Duke's generally had the better of Virginia when they've gotten together in these races. So we'll see it bear out, like I said, but I think I'm rolling with Duke despite the uncertainty. It's the same reason why I'm rolling with teams like Michigan State in other conferences where there are other incumbents, you know? I think that part of it,
0: when it, when it just comes down to Virginia and Duke, is Virginia has a, a tried and true system. You know exactly what to expect from them, whereas Duke, it seems like every year Coach K, at least in, as of late, has kind of just rolled the ball out there and kind of seen who's going to take it and, and kind of let things go. <laughs> Sure. And, and we'll see what happens. I think Jalen Johnson can be really good. I think Jeremy Roach can be really good. I have hesitations as to what Jordan Goldwire can be. Um, and I think a lot of people are are predicting that he's going to make a, a pretty big leap. Um, yeah, because,
1: uh, a guy that's only scored five points per game at his high watermark in his career. Exactly. That,
0: yeah. that would be concerning if I were a Duke fan. Um, and their most productive returner is Matthew Hurt, 9.7 points per game. I, I know that, Peyton, you would push back on that, say he just didn't get enough opportunities. I can, I can somewhat agree with that because for a team that I like um, and think, that, think very highly of in terms of Kansas, a lot of their guys that are expected yeah. to score a ton in McCormick and Garrett have not had opportunity, and you would think that they're going to score more with more opportunities. So I can see that. I think Duke, right. long-term – I think Duke is the more legitimate title contender but I think Virginia is going to be the, the team that college basketball purist and college basketball the national media um, blinds itself because they they want to let's be honest a lot of the college basketball talk um, is hyping up teams to win the national championship that we deep down actually by doing our making a champion and seeing this criteria we actually know like won't win it. They don't meet the criteria, they don't meet the standards. Statistically improbable. It doesn't, yeah, exactly. It doesn't feel like college football because the games are more competitive, but over a large sample size, we've seen that this is the case, that there are certain recipes, and for college football, it's simple. It's a bunch of five stars, and it's a couple of these programs, and it doesn't really change, whereas with college basketball, maybe the faces change, and the the jerseys change each year, but the criteria is still the same, and so Virginia may not meet that even though they have in the past for the for the third fourth and fifth teams in this conference because I think that we know that it's there's a little bit of a drop-off between Duke and North Carolina even though that series should be a little more competitive this year when North Carolina is not playing a bunch of walk-ons due to injury and due to
1: performance
0: shout out Leaky Black Um, Hmm. what are you expecting from North Carolina's freshmen and I think in this in this race for the ACC freshman of the year. I think the two favorites in my mind are Caleb Love and Scotty Barnes. Really? No love to Johnson. I think Johnson can be in there, but I think if if all goes according to plan, like you you were saying, and Matthew Hurt takes the yeah. huge leap, I don't think he gets the chance to be the A1 guy, whereas I think Barnes and
1: Love can be. Fair enough. That's fascinating because, yeah, I think you're right. Caleb Love is going to have to be that guy for North Carolina – with their lineups where they're pretty much playing a point guard and four centers, to be successful, Caleb Love is going to have to be really good. And, I I mean, he looked really good tonight. Um, They were playing Charleston. So, I mean, take that, that. That's a program that's been to the tournament and pushed Auburn not too long ago. But, yeah, I mean, I think North Carolina is pretty clearly the third team, but also the easiest potential to just have the bottom of the bag fall out. Because this could go very badly. We saw last year it kind of explode. I don't want to say this is the end for Roy. I don't think it is. But if it's bad again this year, it's kind of hard to reckon against that. And, I mean, this team doesn't present itself like a team that's going to be very natural, that's going to be easy to figure out. It's going to be a process throughout the year figuring out who's going to play, Who's not? I do think Armando Baycott being back this year, unlike Nasir Little the year prior, where Roy kind of like camps down these freshmen a lot of ways, especially Biggs, so that maybe they come back for an extra year. Nasir did not do that, and I feel like it hurt North Carolina a lot last year. Baycott did. So we'll see if he takes the leap forward. And I like Leaky Black as much as the next guy. So I like UNC. I would say on Louisville, and I don't want to overlook Florida State, as our good friend Braden Bell said not too long ago, Leonard Hamilton slept on more than a hotel mattress, um, and I don't want to be one of those people. But Louisville is going to be interesting because I feel like we saw it with Wisconsin, with Kobe King, how he left, and all of a sudden they elevated instantly. Maybe we see that with Jordan Wara. I don't want to talk badly about Jordan Wara, but I'm going to. The guy was a black hole last year and pretty much just said, "leave me all season long. So I don't know why he came back. Um, and it hurt Louisville. I think at times we'll see if David Johnson can step up. He's preseason second team, all ACC had some really good moments for Louisville, but they go where he goes and we'll see if that's enough. They really miss out from a uh, scrub, the Juco transfer, not going the route he was going to when he committed to Louisville and instead going into the NBA draft
2: yeah i i think you know north carolina definitely should be better than they were last year i like caleb loves fit a little bit more as a point guard than cole anthony i think cole anthony as an individual player is fantastic but what he does for a team as your point guard i don't really think fit what unce tends to like to do which is distribute get the ball down low and slow the game down and play at their pace they were playing a little bit of a different pace a little bit of a a frantic pace is what Cole Anthony likes to go. Cause that man is a Ferrari and he goes full speed all the time. I think he's going to fit real good in Orlando with the magic, but now new era uh, in Chapel Hill for them. I'm going to make a case for Florida to say real quick though. I think, you know, this team, they lose three very key guys, Bissell, Forrest and Williams, all are terrible. Vassell and Williams went pro uh, Forrest, you know, just is finished up with the program. But like you guys said with Duke and Gabe, you mentioned it, with Kansas, teams that are going to have to rely on role players from years past to now start and step up and produce big numbers. I think Florida State's in that same category. You've got and obviously they bring in a guy like Scotty Barnes, we know what he brings to the table. Five-star recruit, he edges Jonathan Isaac as Florida State's highest recruited prospect ever kind of like bag or kind of like Christopher did with James Harden. He does the same thing to Jonathan Isaac. And you get the, you get MJ Walker, Raekwon Gray, Malik Osborne. Those are the three I'm keying on for Florida state. Those guys need to step up. I think they're capable of doing it. They've played, you know, decent roles before they, you know, redshirt juniors. They've got experience. They got some, they got some years under their belt. I think, you know, surrounding Scotty Barnes with that talent. It's, I think, you know, they, they will compete in this conference. That's why I've got them third. And there's also a guy I want to talk about. I don't want to talk about him quite yet. Cause I'll talk about him superlatives and I'll talk about him in uh could would should, but I think he will be a very good bench scorer. It reminds me a lot of a guy like Alonzo Verge for ASU last year, coming onto the scene from JUCO. So we will talk about him in a bit. But I really like. I think you know Florida State is after you know a couple great years that they've had in this conference under Leonard under Leonard Hamilton. They've had some freak athletes and just some unbelievably good college basketball players come through. That just solid players. Um, they're not looking as good on paper this year, but I think they see be a quality team for sure I think you know the ACC is going to get all this all this hate this year in or we even gave it a little bit of hate in the beginning you know it's just the way it is this is a conference that's usually expected to be one of the best in the country it is the I guess if you go all the way back the historical basketball conference of college basketball with the ACC um, it's got that kind of title to it but this year it doesn't have that same that same lust that same lust um, you know it's just a down year it happens at all conferences but this top five race should definitely be interesting. These are five teams that can definitely compete night in and night out with some of the best teams in the country, and um, they got co- they got great coaching and you know underrated talent for sure. So keep your eyes on those top five. The rest of the conference uh, I can't really be out here and endorse it for you. But you know, the, the the thing with Florida State that I
0: think is interesting is because they are they still have the same type of you know the prototype doesn't change very much. They recruit well, the same types of guys. They their, their team athletically plays the same style most of the time, and it's just a change of the pieces. So Williams and Vassell and Trent Forrest are pretty big pieces. Yeah, We'll see how they replace them. But I do think it would be relatively ironic. I don't know how likely this is. Are they, are they ranked in the preseason A people? I don't think they are.
2: Yeah, they – oh, I'm pretty sure they are. I think it's – i actually type this up real quick. Because
0: I was going to say, if they aren't, they would be in my short list along with like a St. Louis. As w- you know, we always have an unranked team. Basically, in the last 10, 15 years, we always have an unranked team. Are they unranked? Florida State is number
2: 21 in the country. Okay.
0: In the okay. I was going to say, we always have this these unranked teams that make a Final Four. And I think it would be ironic if what is perceived to be – or realistically probably is not the most talented team Leonard Hamilton has ever had. Um, If this is the one they kind of broke through and took him to a final four, or he took to a final four.
2: Yeah. That's how college basketball works, right? Just weird stories like that. And I haven't really, I don't really take a whole lot of stock into the preseason AP top 25. I take a look at it, glance, see where, see who's where, but I don't really take a look at teams receiving votes. The fact that, you know, LSU isn't even in the top 25 behind Michigan, Rutgers, Ohio State. I mean, we, Big Ten's a great conference, but like we said in our preview, we don't really think that outside of maybe that top three, top four, that those teams are really elite. And I, I, we talked about LSU playing the SEC preview. That's a team that's got a ton of talent. Maybe it's the the looming, you know, the, the inevitable uh, downfall that is to come on that program, but, that's a team with some talent. They, You know, we talked about them. I'm surprised they're there. Again, don't take too much stock. It's just the preseason top 25. I do see the Richmond Spiders in there, though, and I love to see that.
1: Hmm. Um, yeah, no. Florida State, this is fascinating because their team this year is a little bit different because guys like Devin Bassel and Patrick Williams aren't supposed to come out when they did. I mean, Vassell was a – no star recruit, zero star recruit, who was two years at Florida State and gone. Um, Patrick Williams, I guess it was three, two years, three years for Basil. Uh, I think it was two. I think it was two. Um, I know he's in the class of 2018 with like RJ and Zion. So yeah, that'd be two. Um, Patrick Williams was their sixth man and played 22 minutes a game and scored nine points and got drafted in the top five. That's <laughs> not supposed it. to happen. <laughs> and then Forrest, I can't over... Forrest was their big shot maker last year, and he's gone. Hamilton's always been able to find a way to replace these dudes, though. Before these guys, it was Mifondu who who is with the Clippers now. Uh, I assume he's with the Clippers now. Maybe yeah, he's been, been moved. Um, no, he's- who was like a six-man for them, who mm-hmm. went on to the NBA. They've always had these role players. They just haven't necessarily had the atrophy of guys like they have this year. With that said, it is kind of disappointing that we didn't really get to see a front court of Williams and Barnes play together. Obviously, Williams made the right choice. He went in the top five. You do that. But you don't see a lot of freshmen like Barnes that are bigs, that aren't sleepy, that are willing to really run the floor and elevate and get to the rim. A little bit smaller, body type, more of a NBA 4 jerry and grant type maybe at the next level but at this level he can be that kind of end-to-end coast-to-coast center that you don't compromise anything with defensively but also know that he's going to really run the floor you can put the ball in his hands he can get the ball off a rebound and if he gets a little bit of daylight he's taking it to the rim and dunking and that's a rare thing so i am really excited to see him in Florida State with Leonard Hamilton, but it's just another situation where it's like, man, I just wish Florida State had one of the guys back to support him because I don't know if he's going to get the support for Florida State to be a top-10 team by the end of the year because normally when Hamilton has had a guy like Scotty Barnes, yeah, they are a top-10 team. I don't know if they will be this year. Um, I do think it's very clear, though, the top four is the top four and then everything else is going to sort itself out. I could see them getting six bids. I could see them only getting four, which would be incredible. But the top of the league is really strong. The middle, maybe not so much.
0: Joe Lenardi has them getting seven, and I think that that's kind of erring on the high side um, and erring on the East Coast bias side. But we'll see what happens. Let's get to superlatives. Um, Who would like to begin?
1: I'll go um, since we've already kind of teased mine. This is the Lost Suck Behind the dryer Award for the guy that we just forgot about, which I guess we didn't because my friends are gentlemen and scholars. But Matthew Hurt is the highest-rated recruit from his class still in college. He was the 11th-rated player in last year's recruiting class, went to Duke, got sat behind Vernon Carey, didn't really ever see the floor, Since being recruited to Duke, the dude's put on 20 pounds. He's bigger. He's stronger. He's ready to be the guy that lists this team. And the fact that he is not on a preseason all-conference team is astounding to me. I know there are good bigs in this league, but I don't understand even for a guy like Scotty Barnes. Like, these guys were in the same area recruiting-wise, the same range, that 7 to 11 to 15 range. On all recruiting services, Barnes has been in college for a year. He's gotten bigger. He's gotten stronger. He's seen what it takes. I don't understand how guys like, like Barnes are making teams instead of guys like Hurt. I think he's going to win. Pre, he's my preseason conference player of the year. I think he's going to be a first-team All-American. I think he will be the best player on a team that wins this league.
2: Dude, this is a garger man take that's just getting absolutely thrown into superlatives here and I love it. I think um, you're getting more extreme as it goes. Like I'm <laughs> just riling
1: myself yeah, yeah, up. I think Self-confirmation yeah, it's bias. Tough. It's like nobody's talking back to me. So like I must be on to something. Let's just keep going. Um <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's like
0: there's been a lot of there's been there hasn't been like anything that I've been up in arms about in terms of preseason media polls. Yeah. Uh, across the country, except for the Big East um, first team all-conference, which I talked about with Griffin a couple of yeah. ago, and we'll get to on the Big East pod. But I, I would, you would think that the Duke bias would, like, at least land him on second team.
1: I don't understand why Wendell Moore is getting second team buzz and Matthew Hurt isn't. Like, they were equivalent last year, except Wendell Moore hit the shot against North Carolina. That's the big delineator. Um I just I look at a guy who's got an inside-out skill set playing in a program like Duke. He's a guy who can shoot about 40% from three for you. Is going to be lethal pick-and-pop, has an array of post moves, and now has the bulk to hold his own on the defensive end and really give it to some of the smaller centers in this league, take advantage of these mismatches. He comes in at 6'9", 235, Right now, he was 214, which is not big enough to play center at a very high level. I just think it's a big deal. And I think it's a guy that we're going to see really take the jump this year because it was supposed to be the front court of Carey and Hurt last year. And it wasn't. um, It just never came to fruition. I think he needed a year to be in college and figure out what it took because he wasn't physically ready. And now I think he is. I think he makes the leap. I don't, I'm not saying that he's going to be a, a top-ten pick because his draft class is loaded, especially with guys that aren't even playing in college this year with all the dudes who went to the G League, and we'll see how that works out. But I think he's going to have a AP, All-American first-team type season, and I think he's going to be the reason why Duke ends up on the one line.
2: Yeah, I think this transitions really easily into my superlative. Matthew Hurd is a guy that Peyton – And I talked about last year that was one of our favorite guys coming in as a freshman. I thought, you know, same reasons, just a guy that a big that can handle and score from three levels is just something that's so hard to find at a very elite level. Like Matthew hurt was coming out of high school and, you know, things didn't work out his first year at Duke. It happens, you know, basketball is basketball and Duke's a tough place to get, to get your feet wet in, man. They, they brought in a lot of talent last year. This this is definitely a kid that's still got talent. And I think he even showed flashes of it last year. And I think that now he's going to get more opportunities, kind of be a centerpiece of this team. I think he's going to shine. That's why I'm giving him the biggest glow up. Um, I think, I I think honestly, you know, Matthew Hurd, if he plays, maybe he's just committed to being on this team for a while. Maybe he stays on there. Who knows? Like, I have no idea. But there is definitely a statement to be had about him being an NBA talent if he does perform well this year and – could definitely see first round buzz and like what Payne said, a little draft class. So, I mean, Payne kind of just laid it all out there for me. But Matthew Hurt, biggest glow up, I think is almost a lock. I think this guy's gonna have a great year. Are yeah.
0: we ruling out? Are we ruling out that maybe he just wants to stick around? And like last year, no. he. Last year he tried to tank his talent just so that he could stick around for four years so that he could become the fourth guy, like the fourth most hated Duke guy of all time, the white guy. Like he fills the white guy that everyone hates at Duke role. Be the
1: fourth the most hated white guy in Duke history or be a multimillionaire at 20 years old. I wonder what I would choose, Gabe. <laughs> I really do. <laughs> to the point of the glow up, the man literally has glowed up a little bit. He's hit the Accutane. He's got a beard going. Big boy season. He looks like a, a, a union general from the Civil War past the squirrel oil.
2: Mm-hmm. Well, that was the thing with Matthew Hurt, I guess, that also he realized you know, he, his body type coming in for a big in college basketball was not ready last year to handle people down the low post. No, absolutely not. Puts on the muscle, like you said, Payne. This dude, big boy season. He's putting on some weight. He's ready to get down there, banging down low. Throwing bows, hopefully not above the uh, shoulder area. That he, is
1: how you become a hated Duke white guy. That is that is how
2: that is, how how to become a hated Duke white guy. Throw elbows above the shoulder area and trip people up and down the court. Uh, Grayson Allen sucks for that. Anyways, I think Matthew Hurt's have a huge year. He's made improvements physically, and I think his game's going to see improvements as well.
1: Yeah, um, no, he's the he's the rare prospect where he comes in and his skill far surpasses his physical ability, um, I think he's maybe caught up a little bit. He's hit basketball puberty, if you will.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think a guy who could play similar to him um, and at least fits the mold kind of plays the way that I think Matthew Hurt is going to want to play like to some extent gets the superlative from me of best Hauser brother, and it goes to Sam Mm -hmm. Hauser at Virginia. I think – This is my pick for preseason player of the year in the conference. It's not Garrison Brooks, like most people say. It's not Matthew Hurt, like Peyton says. It's not Scotty Barnes, like the people who only watch college basketball for the NBA are probably going to say. Sam Hauser, I think that if all goes to plan, if Virginia wins the regular season crown, like I believe that they will, he's going to be a large reason for it. He's going to be a large reason why people would love this Virginia team heading into the tournament um, and just straight up he has the advantage of age he has the advantage of numbers he's been an all big east uh player and he's just better than joey joey's really good as well but if we if we look at the heat check poll that peyton released um the, the graphic and everybody both of them have the name tag hi my name is the best hauser brother <laughs> sam hauser is the one who wears it uh yeah with a worthy with a worthy reasoning
1: yeah they may, hey, they may be, the be the best the best Hauser brother okay they may have him that's hotly contested um between michigan state and virginia fans i don't know why they care so much but they do. it's like it doesn't
2: matter they're both good players like <laughs> they're both great they're both great college basketball players joey did great today for the Spartans, and tom Mizzo is probably so thrilled that he's able to play this year because he couldn't get him to play last year just uh, on the
1: note, though, just on the note of the team, one of the other memes that is in the HC poll this week of the Spider-Man pointing meme to number 24 on that poll, Richmond. I am going to make another guard your man take. I'm not even okay. asking for it. But if I had to bet on a team to go deeper into the tournament this year, I think it would be Richmond in the wow. state of Virginia.
2: Interesting. Oh. I'd like, say Richmond's probably got one of the best teams in its program's history this year. It would be better um, without injuries. But I, I, like, I like Sam Hauser a lot, Gabe. I like seeing you pick him as your preseason player of the year in that conference. I think he's well on his way to doing that. You talk about a guy that just knows how to get to a spot and score. He can do it to you in so many different ways, high post, low post, three-point line. It, the dude is a ridiculous scorer. I mean, his numbers – he probably doesn't average 28, 25 points per game, but his efficiency and what he does – like, he is a he, – he's just – an op, like, for an offensive purist – Look at look at Sam Hauser. Just go watch him play. It is it is art what he does offensively on the
0: basketball court. He's, he's a good reason and a good factor in why I kind of agree with Peyton, and I do think that thirty to forty percent of of Virginia's games, there's a, a decent chance that they make more threes from their forwards than they do from their guards, and that's oh, that's why they would be the the at the most um, disadvantaged spot against a team like. Duke and a team like North Carolina who have good guards. Peyton, your second superlative.
1: Okay. So um, this one uh, – this one is a little conjectury, okay? But I feel like it could happen. So the come sit with us award for the individual that is most likely to just really annoy Coach K is Pete Forbes. Can you not just see with Wake just inevitably going to suck – Can you not just see Steve Forbes down 26 at home on that parquet floor with two minutes left just fouling to drum up some buzz because he doesn't quit. He kind of is a P.J. Fleck of college basketball. Um, And I feel like that would just really annoy Coach K because, you know, Forbes is trying to establish himself. He's spiking masks, um, saying – I'll stomp on COVID if you let me. Um, I'll beat it. I am the vaccine. Me. I'm going to fight it. That's the Steve Forbes mentality. Every day forward, be elite. Um, I feel like that just doesn't mesh particularly well with Coach K's demeanor. So,
0: If there's anything that I did learn from day one of college basketball, <laughs> it, it is this. It is this. A well-placed mic may be our best friend this year because in the ASU game, there was clearly, clearly a microphone very close to the ASU bench. And a lot of the things, a lot of the things being said could not be repeated. But we did get at one point an exasperated Bobby Hurley say, just yell at the refs, what is going on? Because he got teed up and he had no idea what it was for.
1: Communication is key Gabe.
0: And so I will say a well-placed mic during the Wake Forest Duke game this year might give us one of the best situations all season long. So that is something to look forward to in a downtrodden year for the Demon Deacons. But Griff, your second superlative.
2: Hey, I gotta say, that's probably my favorite superlative that we've had so far on these podcasts. That was amazing. I, I apologize for uncontrollably laughing at the beginning. That is <laughs> I was a trying to keep it is, together while amazing, y'all are
1: cracking up. That
2: is amazing. <laughs> Anyways, um, the dude most likely to drop 30 on your favorite team and nobody saw it coming. Kind of like the Shake Milton superlative. And, yes, that did happen to the L.A. Clippers. So, I am a victim of this superlative. But I think a couple other teams are going to be this year, too. I said Florida State had a guy that reminded me a lot of Alonzo Verge coming in from a Juco transfer. He's likely to be in a six-man role. Could see some starts here and there. Because this guy can straight up get buckets. Sardar Calhoun. Know the name. Average 17.6 points per game. Shooting 48.2% from the field. 42.9% from three at Missouri State West Plains. What a school. Fun facts about my guy, Sardar Calhoun, probably going to be one of my favorite players alongside Tiger Campbell, who I just – he didn't play that well tonight. As much as I love talking him up in our GM, Tiger Campbell did not play that well tonight. It's okay. We'll bounce back. Um, But Sardar Calhoun, very close second favorite player this year in college hoops. Uh, He was recruited by schools like Seton Hall, LSU, and Illinois, who also looked unreal today no stock though um but yeah this guy was wanted by some of the elites in the country as far as talent i know seton hall's a little bit down need a little need to replace one of the best scorers in college hoops history miles powell but you know this guy was wanted by big programs florida state nabs him it's a huge get for Leonard hamilton his squad especially after losing the guys we talked about earlier fun fact against this Peyton, i know you're really gonna like this one Mm. this dude beat shade gildress alexander and oh, Nikhil no. Alexander-Walker's high school team, Hamilton Heights, during his junior year on their way to a state championship. Sardar Calhoun took those boys down. Shay, Shay Kilders-Alexander is very near and dear to my heart. So is – he is, too, to Peyton Gallagher. But Sardar Calhoun did not fear him or NAH, one of our favorite players, Nikhil Alexander-Walker. Took them both down, won the state. I think this kid's going to be great. I was watching some interviews with him. Seems like a great kid gets buckets, plays for Florida State, which is a team I'm, I'm – like I said earlier before we on the pod, I love college basketball because I find myself actively rooting for just a bunch of teams, and it just does not matter. And I like Florida State basketball, and I like I, I like Sardar Calhoun. So <laughs> rooting for him this year, maybe try and get him on the show at some point. Who knows? Maybe after uh, he drops like 40 on someone, and I said, hey – Hey, uh, Mr. Calhoun, I, I said that you are the dude that was likely to drop 30, and no one's heard of you until now. So guess what? I heard of you before. Let's go. Sardar Calhoun, know the name. I'll talk about it a little bit more when we talk about Florida. When I talk about Florida State, could, what should, is it, I think this kid's going to be really good. Very, very
0: educational. Very educational. Um, all right, my second superlative is very simple. It's extremely simple. It just goes to best jersey, a.k.a. Um, Most by best jersey, I don't mean best team jersey, I mean best individual players' jersey, and I mean this by most likely to get memed. Um, and this is one that I added tonight while watching the North Carolina game because the backs of their jerseys say unity, which means Caleb Love's jersey says love to unity, and I think that that's absolutely getting memed all year long, just like um, it notes it for a great cause. I know that. I, I completely support it, but we know that Danny Green's how many more and the misses and the air balls in the bubble were getting people. The Lakers' Twitter was going nuts all summer long <laughs> with the air balls and the missed threes. I'm just saying, I think that Caleb Love's going to be a, a, a high seller in the North Carolina bookstore. And I know that they're not going to put names on the jerseys, but that number two jersey, he's going to wear it better than Cole Anthony did last year. Um, for the Tar Heels.
1: Wow. Wow. I, I, I think that... Eggs are spicy tonight. I
2: love it.
0: The, this late night potting, we're, we're getting spicy with it. I think that, I know Kobe White had a lot of success because the team was very good two years ago, mm-hmm. but I think that Caleb Love could be on that level more than he is on the Cole Anthony level um, mm-hmm. because Cole Anthony just straight up didn't have any any help and I completely agree with you, Griffin. Great player, wasn't on the right North Carolina team. And it's a shame because yeah. he may have been the most talented guard since Ty Lawson at North Carolina.
1: But, yeah. yeah. Agreed. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. Last one here. I There's no name for this award. I just want to take this time since I'm not doing Virginia to yell at Kihei Clark, please do something other than pass. Please. Please, God, Please. You can't just pass and defend. You are a lead point guard, a three-year starter on a team that's won a national title. Score the basketball, please. God. The best play Kihei. of his
0: career is very indicative of what he was going to do the rest of his career, which was with two seconds left, instead of shooting the ball when literally everyone else on the court would have, he was, he was like, I'm getting this thing out of my hands.
1: Mama two down there somewhere, Kihei Clark. Chucks oh. it up to the stratosphere. Comes down with a miracle.
2: Oh, my goodness. Okay. honestly didn't have a third one, but I kind of just came up with it on the spot. I'm going to go most likely to be an artist if they don't go to play basketball in their future. And Sam Hauser, because I said it earlier, this man is an artist on the court with his offense. I'd love to see what he could do with a canvas and some, uh, and some colors on a palette. I think he could uh, – paint something that looks a lot like a basketball going into a hoop and he does it quite often and quite efficiently. So I think, you know, he would be a, like, would be an artist. I don't know. It was probably really bad, but I, I was just like, eh, I didn't. Really, I only had two. Cause I poured a lot into that Sardar Calhoun one. Uh, so I was like, yeah, show, show Sam Howser a little bit more look. Cause he's a, he's a, he's a baller too. Mm. I, I had, I had an either or for my last
0: superlative and it was going to be dependent on what you guys talked about. Griffin's talked enough about Florida State, so I'm not going to give that one out. I'm going to actually go to um, – both, both of these superlatives were coach-related, but I'm going to give the superlative to most likely to fight an opposing head coach to Chris Mack, and it's because we know, we know that he's had his little feud with John Calipari, and late December, things might get a little sketchy in the bluegrass state. Uh, because I think Louisville may be able to give Kentucky a game as they kind of get their footing in their first month, as they always do as a young team. And I think that I think that Chris Mack might push Calipari's buttons to the point that another hot mic situation, we, we may hear some things.
2: Yeah, <laughs> Chris Mack's situation is funny. All I got to say is, if, gonna, if there's hands to be thrown, if there is a fight to be had, please keep the masks on. We want college troops the rest of the year. If you're not going to socially distance, at least leave the mask on, man. If you hit someone in the face with a mask on, it's still going to hurt, all right? You don't need to take them off to send a point. Keep them on. We want college troops.
1: Okay, last, last thing here I do want to shout out. Derek Funderburk just for having an incredible name and being a pretty good basketball player at NC State. Yes. No word. I don't think we're – are we talking about NC State on this pod? Absolutely. I don't think don't so. Have I haven't yet. Yeah. All right, I funny. mean, they may make the tournament. They're going to be okay. Shout out, though, to Derek and his name, Funderburk. Thunderstruck.
0: The, the only way that, like, any of these random teams at the bottom in the muck that is the bottom of the ACC make the tournament – like Syracuse and Miami – who we're not going to spend any time talking about this year um, or not necessarily this year, but on this podcast in the preview, um, the only way they make the tournament is if they take full advantage of one of or two of their matchups with Virginia and with Duke and with North Carolina and with Florida state. And if they win those matchups, maybe they can get in. Um, But let's with that, let's get to, they would, they could, they should, we'll give the floor to, Peyton to talk about his beloved blue devils
1: okay i thought we were when you said beloved i'm like okay clemson let's go um no but oh. I, I did say a lot about why i have high expectations for duke already but i will also add that you look at a recruiting class that has four or five five stars depending on where you look um top 10 guys i mean duke had the number two class in the country Everybody's got really high expectations for Johnson, but I really love how this team is marrying its older talent, the established guys, with the young guys. So it could, I think, have the best team in the nation by the end of the year. You look at the formula, and I just keep going higher and higher, don't I? Um, You love
0: yourself some Coach K this
1: year. You look at the formula, and I don't know how many times Coach K is going to get a shot at this going forward. I mean, I think this is as good a time as any to add another ring to his gauntlet that he's building, his Infinity Glove. Um, But he um, has a team that's got a really good marriage of experienced guys, guys that haven't been stars but had the potential to be, and hurt, and in Wendell Moore, who is a really good two-way player that Doesn't shoot the ball particularly well, but as an accent guard, a guy who can get to the rim and get a bucket, whenever, decent distributor, good defensive player, that's a good core to fill in with the freshmen that they have coming in. And you've got a guy like Goldwire who people are saying at the scrimmages is scoring 18, 19 points per game and is filling it up better than anybody in their program, which is weird because he's scored at most four and a half points per game and it's his senior year, why now? But it is good that even if this guy is a six-man down the line or if he is the point guard of this team, that it's a guy who's been in this program for four years and has been through the wars and has seen it all. That's important. And I think having that – and I'm not going to pretend to know what a a prospect is based on their slam mixtape because that's just not a good way to go about things – that's them at their best. That's not them as a player. You can't gauge effort, all the little things that make it so hard to get freshmen to play at the high enough level to win a national title. But with that said, with that said, the general consensus is very high on this recruiting class from Duke, as it is every year. But a lot of people think that these guys are going to be guys who are ready to step in right now and do what it takes. And I do put some merit. To that, So they could be the best team in the nation by the end of the year. They should. And this is pretty simple for Duke. It's Duke. I didn't write much. The expectation for Duke flatly is that they should win a national title every year. And that's the expectation now in Durham, just bottom line. That, that's what's going to, it's going to be that way for Duke. It doesn't matter what they've got coming back. Everybody expects a national title. I think they're capable of it. I just explained why, Um and I think they would have engendered a lot more preseason support had they gotten trained Jones back, who went late, went behind Peyton Pritchard, correct, um, in the NBA draft, mm-hmm. and just had one guy that you can really hang your hat on as an established college dude. I fully believe that the guys that they had there were that and just were situationally limited. But the fact that Duke lost their leader in every statistical category and their top three scorers. Is the reason that they're ranked ninth, tenth, eleventh, in all these preseason polls, and not top five like they normally are? I, I think it's that simple. I think it's just the statistical argument of, hey, they lost all this, all this from this past team, um, and people aren't necessarily seeing the potential.
0: All right, yeah, I they are. I can't believe how much you're into them because it. Coach K has had a lot of top freshman classes, but he's never done the whole, like, super, super mega class of, of a bunch of freshmen and had the just one guy come back kind of situation that, I, that really I can remember and having it kind of pan out in the way that he wants it to. Um, but we'll see if it happens.
1: I just – I see a world where Johnson doesn't even have to be this team's second-best player for them to be successful. And I think that's perfectly viable, and I think it could happen. And that allows these freshmen to continue to grow without the pressure throughout the year. So by tournament time, they're ready to go and be Justice Winslow.
2: I like it. I mean, yeah, I think Duke, Duke, underrated, weird to say that. I feel like they're still ranked inside the top ten preseason AP. People still think they're obviously one of the best teams in the country because they are. just doesn't seem like people are as, I guess, scared of them as years past, which makes sense because recently they had a core that included that of uh, Zion Williamson, and that is always a scary thing. But you want me to – so game wants me to talk about Virginia basketball next, and that – we will go right to it. I, I don't even need transition. Let's go. Let's talk about these Cavaliers. Virginia. Oof. All right. Best team in the conference, at least – could win the national title if they improve on the perimeter offense. A lot of team, a lot of people have this team puzzle or have them placed into the final four, penciled into the final four early in this season. That was the word I was looking for. Uh, when Virginia won it all, 2018, 2019, they had a plethora of perimeter scoring options: Kyle Guy, DeAndre Hunter, Ty Jerome. Mama, I don't know what to pronounce the first name. I'm not going to try right now. It's too late. Diakite. All of the, all of those dudes are gone. Diakite finishes his, his career last season. So where's the production coming from? Sam Hauser enters the chat. This dude is a bucket. I've said it plenty of times. Here's the stats now. career 44 and a half percent three point shooter on 553 career attempts. This Dude is a sniper. He is one of the best shooters in the country. That is an unbelievable percentage on that many attempts. This dude can stroke it for sure. Guys like Kihei Clark, Casey Morcell, step up. Freshman Jabri Abdurrahim, Reese Beekman. These guys need to be productive. Huff is a guy that can stretch it from deep as a big man. That is always an X factor. You can also rim protect. Tony Bennett could have another ring at the end of this season. I'm not going to say what Virginia would be because I think they're so good. Like, like I said, a lot of people pen- penciling him. Final four early, it's it's respectable. I can see it. This team is very good with an elite score and a great defensive scheme. What they would be is almost a lock for the final four if they could do what I just said, improve that perimeter offense. They don't have anything. They don't have the core they nearly did in 2018, 2019 with three NBA guys and a guy in D.A. that had a pretty good college career. So they don't have that. So I kind of left out the wood. I don't want to waste time there. What Virginia should be. Win the ACC. If they don't do that, failure. Deep run in March. I'm saying at least elite eight for this team. That is the expectation. They are elite. If they don't get there, failure. That's all it is. ACC championship. Either regular season, it has to be regular season. They have to have the best. Season. They there's no way they shouldn't win this conference in the regular season, and they should win the conference tournament. Although I won't consider their season a failure if they somehow fall to Duke or Florida State in the ACC tournament championship but anyways they need to make at least the elite eight further i think i think that's where they're at as a program If they don't make the elite eight it should be a failure i think that's the expectation they should probably get there looking at their roster but it's march it's anarchy it's college basketball can't write anything in until it happens but i like virginia a lot this year uh, definitely the best team in this conference i don't think i don't think any of us dispute that and i don't think anyone in the country should really just dis- actually payton does but um <laughs> Yeah, majority, majority of people should
1: not really see. Not it. even the like best that. in their own state. Griffin. Oh,
2: oh.
1: oh, oh. the way. Oh, you want? Virginia oh, the teams
2: don't like to score. West Virginia. Richmond is. Well, Richmond might be the best team. Okay. <laughs> you don't. You don't best team.
1: Do you? Do you? Oh, did Griffin? I might be on No, no, wait, wait, wait. Oh we're, I have taken over the mantle as a corrupting force. My words seep into people's brains and take hold, like Gabe last year. I am radioactive, baby.
0: Here's the thing: we I think we're overlooking the fact that Griffin just threw West Virginia in in the best. Oh wait, wait! Oh wait! Oh wait! wait, 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 wait oh no! Oh no! It's, no! No! It's no. The American geography teachers out there in California are just clearly
2: lacking. Dude, here's the thing. My (laughs) geography sucks. Like, it's
1: terrible.
2: (laughs) It really – honestly, I'll be open and true about it. Wait,
1: When he said he thinks Virginia might be the best team in the country, what do you think he was actually talking about? Like, plus Canada or like – No, 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 no. no, no. Griffin
0: said West Virginia. When you said best team in the state is Richmond – Griffin said, What are you talking about? There's at least West Virginia.
2: Well, I was like, no, I was sitting there. I was like, man, it's like I was like I was saying West Virginia. That team in Virginia, I'm like, okay, you got it, you got Virginia, and then West Virginia. I was like, oh
1: wait. <laughs> Dude, I was like, gonna honestly. bail you out and say Richmond is playing West Virginia and you just like were thinking out loud, but not even that, huh? Yeah, no, not even no. that. No,
0: no, he was just I, wrong.
1: Here, here okay, Jordan, here's
0: something I can I, I, I wanna workshop a take though. Okay. Because I think that Virginia, we we always know that they're going to be like elite defensively, you know, just because oh, of Tony Bennett. It almost feels a little. It almost feels a little LSU like in football, where for a long time you knew their defense was going to be there. You knew they had a bunch of and you knew they had a bunch of NFL talent on the on the defensive yeah, side. Sure. And it was always just a matter of when's the offense going to show up. But then you had Joe Burrow, and for to some extent, I think Ty Jerome and Kyle Guy and DeAndre Hunter, that kind of yeah. trio all together was the equivalent of them having Joe Burrow, and now they're looking for that guy again, and they're looking for that magic. And so they are either a post-Joe Burrow LSU, and when they before they had Kyle Guy, they are kind of – where Georgia football is now where they have the talent on defense and the offense and the quarterback is going to be the question. Yeah, so right. I think, I think I'm workshopping this take, but I think Virginia basketball is LSU football.
1: Yeah. No, I hear it. I hear it. I just, I'm going to pose the question about this specific Virginia team. Although I do think they're better offensively than we've seen, especially last year where they were awful. Yes. What was the last team we saw uh, the last time I should say we saw a team win a title that was big oriented. That's two best players were bigs. Um. Cause I can't think of it. And that kind of precludes them to me. Maybe that's small minded. Maybe I shouldn't think like that. Maybe I should kind of throw everything out and look at the teams as they are. Virginia is very good, but I think that's going to be their Achilles heel. Are we just,
0: I think, I mean, it's, it's the Kentucky team with AD. And their second-best second, best, know, their second best player was Michael Kidd-Gilchrist or Terrence Jones.
1: I, and yeah. I think it's MKG who was a wing. And, well, I mean, who do you think hey, are the – good guard play on the,
0: that team. Who do you think are the first and second-best players on the 2017 North Carolina team?
1: That's who I was literally just looking at.
0: Because I was going to say
1: – I mean, yeah, you can make the argument for – Kennedy Meeks and Jackson and Bryce all those guys. Jackson. I mean, I, I would Joel Berry played a big role, but I mean, I guess you can't really say that with his production. Maybe that was just a really well-balanced team and maybe that is the template. Maybe that is their Rosetta Stone to try and translate this team into a champion this year. I just I don't think I see it. That's well, all.
0: And I do agree that they're not going to win a national title because of Kihei Clark. Well, I think That's they're just mean- kind of limited. It's me. Mean- it's very mean to Kye Clark, but it's probably true. So I feel like that's enough Virginia talk for this for this show.
2: Um, I agree. I don't want to talk about the state of Virginia or its brotherhood.
1: If it makes you feel any better, they were the same state up until the Civil War. Okay, so that they are at were at one time they were one and now
2: are two. That's okay. I just know now when this episode gets tweeted. Gabe's gonna go in there and like do his little like, like his little bullets of what like highlights what we talk about. And I'm just it's gonna say at Griffin Peters underscore struggling with geography, and it's gonna be on there. It's oh, be buddy, there.
1: it's going on the HC poll and it is staying. <laughs> Western, oh as long as one of those two teams is ranked. Virginia, the best team in the in West Virginia. <laughs> All right, yeah, that's the name of this pod. All right. With
0: that for mine, for they would, they could, they should, I'm going to start with Louisville. First statement for Louisville. They would prefer, in my opinion, I'm just going to speak for them. They would prefer if car. Is it carlick or Carleek? I think it's car Okay. I think so. I, I couldn't find a pronunciation guide. And so for that, I apologize to the listeners. Um, but Jones, if he's their leading scorer, I don't think that they're going to um, be extremely happy. I think that they would prefer if it's David Johnson, who did not play very well today, or Samuel Williamson, who I think is going to have a pretty big sophomore year. For one of those two to be the best guy on, the, on their team, it would be the best case scenario because I think that they have not to do the same kind of it's, – it's within the same state. Shout out Griff. But Kentucky Kentucky last year, they had Nate Sestina, and he transferred in from a smaller school, and obviously his numbers weren't able to match the production level that he had against lower-level competition. And Jones transfers in from Radford, and I don't think that we can assume that he's going to be a 15-plus point per game scorer again against ACC competition like he was at his previous stop. So – If they anticipate that's going to be the case and he's not that, that spells disaster for Louisville. And I don't think that they will. I think that they'll go to other guys, and I think that they'll be able to find production in that area. But there also will be nights where Jones leads them in scoring, and he'll look like the top five transfer in college basketball that people anticipated and and tabbed him to be. Mm -hmm. But I do think it is interesting because two of the best – transfers in college basketball are playing in Kentucky just one is in the ACC and one is in the SEC one's a guard and one's a forward Louisville could and I said this earlier when I was mentioning um, Chris Mack is most likely to get in a fight with an opposing coach they could beat Kentucky in what is I think is going to be a super testy rivalry game there was a lot of talk over over when this game was going to be played over where this game was going to be played we had petty Twitter videos we had petty tweets and as John Calipari goes through his early season struggles and he talks about we're a young team, which is what he signs up for every year, which is okay. It's just the way things are. He doesn't care about really losing in, in December. But if Kentucky goes through that little lull and they lose to Kansas and they lose to, I think they play, do they play, they play Richmond, I think, and they could lose to Louisville. And a team that really knows them, Um, and knows the types of things that Calipari wants to do, I think that Louisville could take that Kentucky game, win that Kentucky game, and put it as a feather in their cap in their NCAA tournament hopes come March. And it could be the impact and the difference between them being a nine seed and them being a seven seed, which is a small, small little token, but could help their um, first weekend hopes. Louisville should be the fifth and final team in the NCAA tournament for the ACC. Joe Lenardi has seven teams in. He has Syracuse getting in. He thinks Buddy Bayheim is going to step up this year. He thinks, he thinks that Miami is going to produce again this year, and I, I don't necessarily see it. I think that, like I mentioned earlier, both of those teams are going to have to get lucky. They're going to have to win their upset bids against Duke, against Virginia, against North Carolina, and against Florida State. Those four teams that are safely in the field – The more bad losses, I would say if you're a college basketball fan and you root for a bubble team in any other conference, the one thing you want from the ACC is you want chalk. You want these top four teams, the North Carolina, Duke, Florida State, and Virginia, you want those four teams to run away with this conference and have there be a significant gap. So that Louisville is that fifth team, and then there's a clear, clear no sixth team, no seventh team, and it would be a boring ACC tournament. But that first two days or that first day where it's the 10 seed playing the 15 and the 11 playing the 14 and 12 playing the 13, if that's a boring day, that's what people should want. Yeah. Rooting for bubble teams on the outside in other conferences.
1: Do you find it more likely that the ACC places seven teams than it does five?
0: Not in my mind because I just don't see it with Miami. I can see it with Syracuse because the zone and it always throws some people off and they can have, and they shoot the ball well enough that at some point they're going to knock in 13, 14 threes and upset one of these teams in my opinion. But I just, I don't understand like Griff, your boy Rothstein had Miami at like 33 and his Rothstein 45 that makes no sense to me. That's ludicrous. I, I don't believe that they should be above an Oklahoma from the Big 12, in my opinion.
1: Well, you're about to see it, Gabe, with the Clemson Tigers.
0: Uh-oh. Okay. Both Tigers. Sell us, because oh. I would say this. I, I will be up front. Did not look at a single thing about Clemson this year. So you're my informant.
1: So, where should I start? How should I skin this cat? Um, no pun intended. Well, with this, um, that was horrible. I'm just gonna start with the uh, the wood because I think that's the most dastardly claim I can make here off the top is that the team that was picked to finish preseason as the 10th best contender to win this league, Clemson. I think could push for the top five in the ACC if John Newman the third can elevate his game in a bigger role this year. Newman contributed a little less than 10 points a game last year, but averaged 18.3 in Clemson's three big upset wins. Clemson, I haven't fact-checked this, but I have to imagine it's true, was the only non-ranked team that was not ranked at any point last year to beat three top six teams. They got Louisville, they got Duke, they got Florida State, and in all of those games, Newman showed up. He averaged 18.3 points per game in those contests. Those were three of his four highest-scoring games in ACC play. The fourth was 17 against UNC, another big win for Clemson. So he showed up in their big moments. He just wasn't always there. Hence why Clemson was 16-15, and 15, wildly inconsistent throughout the year. Clemson was 7-0 and in ACC play in games in which Newman got into double digits. He showed up big time every time I watched him because every time I watched him, they were upsetting somebody. So I have some belief in Newman. They also have Al Amir Dawes who contributed nine points a game last year. He's coming back. He'll also need to take a step forward, a decent three point shooter in his own right. They could have the best kept secret in the nation this year. His name is Amir Sims. People inside the league know about him. He's a first team choice for the preseason all conference team, but he's far from a household name. He's not Luca Garza and he's not put up the numbers to have that kind of accommodation, but Olivier Saar has gotten all this hype going to Kentucky, and their numbers are extraordinarily comparable. Saar put up this past season at Wake 13, or rather 13.7, 9, and .9 assist on 52% shooting, but less than 25% from three. Sims on decent volume as a 6'9 center. Shoots about three threes per game averaged 13 7 2.6 assists which is pretty good for a big man last year on 47.4 percent shooting but he shot 40 percent from three not a small sample size just over three attempts per game he's a versatile scorer who can handle the ball a little bit i think he's the best big aside from matthew hurt in this league i'm looking at you hauser um And I'm really – I think that he's going to have to elevate to a higher level for them to actually achieve anything because he was wildly inconsistent last year. Sims went over 18.6 times in league play last season. That's really good. Not a lot of guys in the league can say that. Normally that would be good for an average in points that was higher than 13 a game, right? Problem is he went for five or less in four games. So he would have these stretches where he would ball out and then something would happen and he'd score like five points, three points, two points, and then he'd be back to balling. And I don't know what happened, but he's got to be more consistent next year or this year, I should say, for Clemson to go anywhere. He needs to keep the same energy, so to speak, when we talk about when he's at his best, but the floor needs to be higher. Should. They should be a nightly tough out like they were last year in the league. They should be on the right side of the bubble, if you ask me. Clemson returns three scores from a year ago. I've already talked about them Dawes, Newman, and Sims. That all went for over nine points per game last year, and six of the eight guys who actually played and filled big roles. Clemson also had their best recruiting class in over a decade with two composite top 100 prospects for the first time since 2009. PJ Hall, the 54th overall player, is a big that's projected to start at center for this team. Olivier Maxence Porspur, I don't know if I said that right. He's from Mexico City. Um, is a 100th ranked player in the class, and Lynn Kidd is out of IMG. All of these guys are bigs, so I don't know how many of them are actually going to play this year. It sounds like P.J. Hall is going to have a big role, but they bolster a team that's not the deepest but does have guys who are veteran players that are comfortable filling role-player roles. They don't have to be stars. That goes with the guys that I've already talked about, that kind of big three. They also added a pretty decent transfer out of the A-10, out of Fordham. Nick Honor averaged 15 points per game, very inefficiently, under 40% shooting, but he can score, and he's going to start a point guard. That's pretty good. I like Clemson. I like Clemson a lot. I just think they got to be consistent, but if they are, they've got the ability to play with the big boys and swing with the best of them. They've got a good player that they can build around in Sims. I think it could be a year in which they kind of shock some people. They're 1-0. They beat Mississippi State today.
0: Who stinks.
1: Who's Who stinks. awful. But they did it. ESPN doesn't even have stats available for that game. They done did it. They did
0: it. Hey, okay. let me – wait, 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 Griff. Before we Go to Florida State. I just want to quickly present an, an idea. Okay. I'm going to throw this out there. Sure. I think that – Hayton's research for Clemson gave him Clemson-Stockholm syndrome.
1: Nope. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. I, nope. I said, I picked, remember, sir, I picked Clemson. When we did the draft, That's I true. picked Clemson. That's over true. Louisville, I might add. Because I saw this team against Duke last year, and I saw them beat Florida State last year, and I'm like, there's something happening there. They tricked you.
0: The reason that you only turned their games – like every time that you turned their game on, they were already winning because they were doing something that they shouldn't have been doing in winning.
1: I'm just saying, how many times are we just going to count out a team that's got a first-team all-conference preseason player in the ACC over a guy like Matthew Hurt? I don't want to overreact. to over the season. To day I, just, I, I think this is a really good team.
0: I don't want to overreact to day one. They're one and zero. Oh. But you were saying the same thing and talking up Oklahoma State because they had a guy. In- That's
1: different. That's different. I was being stupid, and then I researched them and realized they were actually bad, which I said in the podcast.
0: Okay, fair. I'm I'm out on Clemson. I'm I've never had Clemson stock, but I certainly am not. Well,
1: you get to be wrong, Griffin. What do you think? I think I think you convinced me
2: enough to sprinkle a little bit. Clemson stock just a tiny bit just a tiny bit and that stock all it needs to return is Clemson to not suck like that's literally all it needs that's yep. all it needs for it to return just a little bit just a little bit just a tiny little sprinkle
0: just remember DeAndre Hopkins played basketball there one time he did he was, yeah he was really bad he was really bad and so uh I think I forget who oh Kevin O'Connor is yeah. blocked on twitter by deandre hopkins because he <laughs> tweeted he tweeted one time deandre hopkins definitely made the right choice anyways him throwing up like wild running brick layups
2: and oh my gosh Nuke didn't, didn't like to hear that so yes all right griff tell us about florida state I feel like I've already gone through like my entire code which in this podcast. I've definitely talked about seminal basketball more than it was probably warranted for. So I'll apologize for that, but I'm gonna talk about more. Um, this is a really weird could now that I'm looking back on it. But I'm gonna I'm just gonna go with it. Florida State could really just be the good version of Oklahoma State. A team that's I'm not gonna say built similarly, but built around their superstar five-star recruit that's coming in as a freshman and i mean it's really what this team's built around here's where florida state does not lack where okay state does they have one of the best coaches in the country in leonard hamilton said that plenty of times no disrespect to mike boynton good coach leonard hamilton's on a different tier i think we all know that that dude knows how to coach basketball at a different level We get the most out of his talent more with less, not less with more. That is what Leonard Hamilton specializes in. Um, but they actually have some talent around Scotty Barnes, which is why I give them the good version of Oklahoma State. Said earlier, MJ Walker, Raekwon Gray, Malik Osborne, guys returning. Role players that are going to step up into starting roles, need to produce, need to step it up. My guy, Sardar Calhoun, think he's going to be huge for them. Could be a big score off the bench, could find starting opportunities. Um, this team is going to compete in the ACC night in, night out, likely finish third or fourth. Going to be dangerous in March because one thing about Leonard Hamilton's squad is that they are so ferocious defensively because every player on the court can switch on to anybody. That is what their specialty has been. Tall, long, athletic players that can play defense on anybody. Projected starting five. We're going to go through the heights. Six, four, six, five, six, nine, six, eight, six, nine. That just sounds like a bunch of versatile athletes that can guard anyone on the court. That is very dangerous when you talk about a team in March that can throw anybody on anyone else and just give other teams hell. I really like what Florida State does with their defensive scheme. I think they're going to be problems in the ACC and the NCAA tournament. Now, Florida State would be a heavyweight in the ACC if they had an elite point guard. I think this team is actually pretty complete outside of the playmaking aspect in their offense. Raekwon Evans could be good for this team. He's one of those guys that needs to step up in his role. He only played 11 minutes per game last year, but shot over 40 percent from three. I like his upside. I wouldn't consider him elite, though. Even if he does, you know, continue to shoot well from three and can, you know, increase his assist numbers and all that stuff. If he does, if he continues to produce, I still don't think he's elite. If they had an elite point guard. I think this team is up there with Duke and Virginia. They're so good. They're well-coached. I can't say that enough. Um, but, yeah, Raekwon Evans can be a reliable shooter. Doesn't turn the ball over, and the Knowles would be more than happy with that. But an elite Florida general, well, this would be one of the best squads in the country, no doubt in my mind. What should Florida State be? They should, in my opinion, finish third in this conference. I firmly believe they are the third-best team in this conference. A lot of people aren't saying that in the preseason – Whatever. I honestly, this, I think this is the third best team. If they don't finish there, fine. Like I said, third, fourth, they'll still make the tournament even if they finish fifth. This is a team that's talented. They'll get some wins where it matters most. Um, and I expect nothing more than a marvelous coaching, a coaching job by Leonard Hamilton and a whole lot of highlights and big plays out of Scotty Barnes. Florida State might not be as good as they have been the last couple of years, but they will be fun to watch. Stay tuned to them.
0: All I'm, I'm, Extremely intrigued to see what random, tall, lanky guy becomes a first-round pick because of Leonard Hamilton this year. So that that is on the horizon for people. Uh, the team that I think comes in third in this conference, ahead of Florida State, is North Carolina. But the first thing I have to say is last year I had them to go to the Final Four, and that didn't necessarily go <laughs> – the greatest. Um, So I have to start by saying North Carolina would, I have to start with my wood statement and remind people that North Carolina would not have made the NCAA tournament last year. So (laughs) it's safe to say this, but because the NCAA tournament did not actually go on, North Carolina is going to cling to a fraudulent streak of making the NCAA tournament that we all know Should not happen. Even if the season, even when the season was canceled, they already knew their season was over because they had lost the night before they were already out of the ACC tournament Mm -hmm. when Florida state was handed the trophy in the middle of the floor before a game that didn't happen the next day. So
1: hold on. I, I I will say I cling to my Dayton national championships banner and that's very real.
0: That's more real than North Carolina's. Streak here. Okay, we Carolina. know that they would not have. We know, and that's saying a lot because I don't believe in that date national championship. Mm. But yes, just I just wanted to start out by reminding people as I sit here wearing a North Carolina shirt that North Carolina would not have made the NCAA tournament last year. With that being said, things are a little brighter this year. North Carolina, I think, should based on the talent on their roster, the fact that they're not going to have to be playing guys from William and Mary and. Other transfers, other walk-ons, and these horrible 100-year anniversary jerseys—they should be able to beat Duke at least once this year. Last year, they had the choke job in Chapel Hill. They had the—I don't know what we want to call it—the bounce off the front of the rim. There, I—I I didn't. I guess I'm not in tune enough with the Chapel Hill-Durham uh, Tobacco Road rivalry and the, the message boards down there in the South. Um, to know necessarily what they're calling that, but oh yeah, baby, when <laughs> Wendell Moore's layup kind of put a damper on what was the most impressive forty, I guess it went to overtime, forty-five or fifty minutes of basketball played all season long by North Carolina last year, which turns me to this year where I think it'll be brighter. I think that North Carolina could have the ACC Freshman of the Year, even though Scotty Barnes is ranked higher. I know Jalen Johnson's getting a lot of love from Duke, but I think that Caleb Love, given what he's going to be asked to do, it's going to be similar to Scotty Barnes. And in my personal belief, North Carolina is going to be better. I think that they're going to bounce back. And I have trust in Roy Williams to figure things out, even if Garrison Brooks should not have been the preseason conference favorite of the year, in my opinion. Um, I just think Love, who is the 18th ranked player, according to ESPN this past year, is going to be closer to ACC player of the year than Garrison Brooks will be and I think that he's going to be the ACC freshman of the year even if Scotty Barnes shows what people anticipate him to show and be become a better NBA prospect I think I think Caleb Love's going to be that Carolina guard for this year but I don't know. I don't think that last thing on North Carolina. I don't think that they're going to be a national title contender this year. I don't think that I'm going to get those hazy glasses, and I don't think it'll happen because if there's anything that the first day of college basketball taught me, it's that with no fans in the building, I think bad basketball is going to get um, emphasized. In that we're not gonna we're not gonna let rowdy crowds that root on bad teams that muck it up and don't play necessarily the best style or that have flaws. We're going, it's going to be very apparent uh, the flaws in all of the college in all of these teams. Um, especially with North Carolina, where I usually the Dean dome and the pure sounding nets and the student section right behind the, the hoop, um, it all kind of gets into my system and I always just get super high on North Carolina. But not this year. I don't think it'll be I don't I think that there's a very clear top four in this conference and I also think that there's a very clear top two. And those top two are Duke and Virginia.
1: And Clemson. No.
2: And <laughs> Florida State. Elite team. Maybe. Hopefully. Can only hope after all the stock I invested in them in this episode. All right, so
0: last question before we go. I said five teams make the NCAA tournament. Peyton says six.
1: Uh, Griffin, I, say, I say seven. I say seven. Oh, seven. I think NC State will as well.
0: aboard the Thunderbird train.
1: Yes, sir. I mean, they were playing really well at the end of last year. It brought a lot back. I actually do really like NC State. just couldn't – I had to pick between them and Clemson, you know.
2: Griffin, how, be, how many do you have? I'll be the mediator and say six. Um, that six team, I don't know. It could be Clemson, which I just said I sprinkled stock in. So maybe. So yeah, sure. I'll say Clemson for now. But I can honestly see it. I can see Miami. Miami's big thing is health. They stay healthy. They've got some guys. I don't. I don't necessarily agree with my boy Robstein. Very rare moment here. Third. What'd you say? Thirty-three in his top forty-five. Not so. Where I last saw them. Yeah, not so sure if that is uh, where I would put them. But, hey, John Rothstein definitely knows more than I do. You should probably listen to him. Um, So they could potentially get in. I think there is six teams. I don't know about seven. That's a stretch. I'll I'll go six because you said five. Payne said seven. I'll go six. All right. Be in the middle.
0: All right. It's going to be an exciting, I think, race at the top of the conference. Um, It'll be – something that we are keeping our eye on and I can't wait to slander Duke in front of Peyton's face as we get into conference season in January and we get back to Phoenix. So with that being said, we hope you enjoy your Thanksgiving. This pod will be up this morning as you listen. So enjoy Thanksgiving, give thanks, Uh, make sure that you tell people close to you um, how much they mean to you. So, For Peyton Gallagher, for Griffin Peters, I'm Gabe Swartz. See you next time.
2: know that we next yeah. doesn't matter if it's sunday or monday you know that we flex Girl. you can never make it more obvious you checking for the heat that's cold that's cold that's cold. <laughs> to the top of the top of this you can never reach uh, these goals up in the booth and we spit in the truth Aye. we inspire the youth and we get to the loop you do what it doesn't we do what it do we turn to the max and they got you on mute oh flow so high so you know Aye. i had to a back Blazers the ball and we running Aye. like a running back Gabe broad shot so you know Aye. we having fun with that turn you in the arm, so you know Aye. ain't no coming back now we done with that